What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Jet Jurgensmeyer over Zoom video. You'll probably recognize Jet from his very successful acting career, but he is also a very accomplished singer and songwriter, musician as well. Jet has acted in The Little Rascals, Bubble Guppies, Last Man Standing, uh, taught so many, so many credits to his name, but also a singer-songwriter. And we talk a lot about that path and his journey in the entertainment industry. He was born and raised in Nashville. His parents uh, used to own a restaurant bar, and that's where he did his first performing. Started at three years old, uh, got up on stage and would sing. He learned guitar at a very early age as well. Chet discusses his first album, the self-titled album he released, and juggling acting and working on those songs. He talks a lot about that second album called Phase One Discover and the difference between that album and the previous album. He talks about wanting to learn more and contribute more to the process of making the record every album moving forward. So he discusses the newest album he's working on and the goals he has for himself on this new album. And we hear all about the new song that he just released called Falling Two. You can watch our interview with Jet on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Jet Jurgensmeyer. What's going on? I'm Adam. Thanks so much for doing this, Jet. I appreciate it. I'm glad to do it. Nice to uh, nice to meet you. This will be fun. I'm really excited. Did, I saw that you had a podcast or you're doing a podcast for a little bit, weren't you? I, I do have one. It's called Soundproofed. Uh, I started it last year with one of my really close friends and co-writers, Erica Latza. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we we kind of started it out of the blue, like on a spur of a moment, spur uh-huh. of the moment. Uh, but then we realized that it's kind of hard to do it over like uh, the holiday season because everybody's in different places. Oh, sure. So we were yeah. like, all right, let's take a break and then we'll come back to the start of the year. And we haven't recorded any more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. It's a it lot. happens. <laughs> I want to I want to start doing it again because I really love it. I love I love all the technical, like the behind the scenes part of it, you know, setting up the mics, getting the levels right. Because I love that kind of stuff. And sure. then just being able to talk to people. It's just, it's fun. So I got to get back it into it. That's cool. I, and you have so much else going on. So I would imagine it's probably pretty hard to like, you know, juggle everything between acting and your music. And then, all right, we got to do this podcast. But yeah. Scheduling is definitely like a, a full-time job for a podcast. I don't know how you do it. It's kind of crazy. It's all doing I can that. do, man. <laughs> it, it's crazy trying to schedule all this stuff because between us trying to have other artists and songwriters and musicians come on the podcast to then actually figuring out, all right, well, I'm going to be in town this week, but Erica's going to be back home in North Carolina. Well, well then she's performing this night and I'm going to be, what in the world? What were we thinking when we yeah. were like, well, yeah, this will be a great idea. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I did see that. I was like, oh, cool. He's doing one too. But yeah, uh, I know it's, it's so hard to, to juggle. If I wasn't doing this full time, I, I uh, was on the radio for a lot of years in California. Gotcha. And, um, I started doing this and then the pandemic happened and I was doing this prior to the pandemic. And then this took over because um, podcast blew up over that. People it did. I got lucky. <laughs> I'm one of those people, too, though, like rather than scrolling through TikTok, I scroll through YouTube shorts. Oh, that's and- awesome podcasts are just all over youtube shorts and clips of podcasts and stuff like that so i'm just yeah. sitting here aimlessly watching like 35 different podcasts purely off of youtube <laughs> shorts i do want to get my podcast back up and running though i think we'll start recording uh some episodes fingers crossed within the next month or two kind of get cool. it back back going I'm, ex- I'm excited to check it out that's awesome um thank you yeah so you're from nashville uh this is about you by the way and your journey in music and we'll talk about the new song and and what you have coming up but um I recently moved to Nashville about two and a half years ago, along with, nice. you know, I guess half of the state of uh, California. 
But uh, <laughs> um, For real. I love it here. Um, you were born and raised here. Tell me uh, about that. That's such a that's absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of it, it's it's interesting telling people that you're from Nashville because you don't really. I'm sure you've noticed this living in Nashville. You don't meet people that are actually from Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Meet, it's like San Diego. People, that, people exactly. that treat. Yeah. I grew up you there. You meet people that people. moved. Exactly. Moved there, um, right? <laughs> exactly. 100%. I know exactly what you're saying. So it was. it's a lot of fun. I kind of grew up in the entertainment industry. I, I always tell people when you're from Nashville, you're going to be involved in entertainment in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm. whether it's, the guy that's running sound, the lighting dude that's setting up the stage or the person that's on the stage or in front of the camera. You're going to be involved in it. You, everybody, you can throw a stone in this town and hit a musician. Just like if you're in LA, you can throw a stone and hit five actors, especially, <laughs> especially if you drive down the street in LA. Now they're all picketing. So you can really hit actors oh, when you just toss yeah, a stone. Exactly. You can see them like crazy everywhere. <laughs> Um, half of so, them are probably uh, living on the street. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh, so true, <laughs> so true. You know, I always, uh, it, I always also kind of make the joke of, yes, I'm from Nashville and I, I was, I, I was raised here, but I also kind of say, well, I also kind of just grew up in the backseat of a car or a plane because I spent so much of my childhood traveling sure. between Tennessee and Missouri, where my dad grew up. We still have his house there and our lake house. And then I started started going to California for acting when I was five. So, I mean, the majority of my life, we have a lot of Southwest points. (laughs) I have spent a (laughs) lot of time (laughs) in a Southwest aircraft. Um, (laughs) So I'm from Nashville and 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 my southern accent comes out a little bit on certain words and things like that. Uh, But whenever I'm. If I'm around other people that got southern accents, then that's when mine comes comes out. out. Sure. Yep. Or, or I'll notice, like, if I'm in California, I speak very clearly and very proper. And I think it's due to the fact of doing voiceover work since I was like five or six. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're working for Disney or Nickelodeon and you're on a, a, a show that's for toddlers, they don't, unless the character description is Southern boy, they want someone that just talks normally. And right. so I've always kind of had to have that switch in my brain of trying to get out of my southernness if that makes sense and yeah. so it's always nice coming back home and being here in nashville like i am now and just kind of being able to let my let my southern come out <laughs> let my roots show a little bit <laughs> i know i wonder like just because i've only lived here for two and a half years i wonder if 10 years down the line i'll start picking up the southern. i hope i pick up the southern accent i think it's cool first of all it's the best accent next really to like is. next to like australian because i just I just love listening to an Australian like talk and get so passionate about something. <laughs> but I feel like next to that, a Southern accent is just awesome. It's the best one in our country. I think I might be a little biased, but I do believe uh, it. I agree with you, man. I, I love I it. imagine you'll pick it up a little bit. You'll notice you'll notice you'll say y'all a lot. Or I started I, saying I, y'all because of it. And it's like because I don't want to be like you guys. And then I feel yep. like. <laughs> They're going to people are just going to know that I'm totally out of place. So it's you'll, like, you'll pay attention to doing uh, it. Well, yeah, exactly. You'll pay <laughs> attention to doing it for like the first couple months and then it'll just like start coming out naturally. And you're like, what in the, what in the, what in the Lord's name is happening? Uh, I also I catch myself. My mom always makes fun of me. She's like, I don't know where you got this. I say what not a lot. Oh, so I'm okay. like, yeah, we went and, you know, we were, we went tubing down behind the boat uh, down at the lake and we just did some fishing and whatnot. And she's like, where is this whatnot stuff? And then I go to Missouri and I hear a lot of people that are from Missouri say whatnot. It's oh, like a, it's the Missouri like slang. slang and I'm words, like, yeah. oh, my I'm a mutt. I am a <laughs> mutt and a human. I am a mutt and a human. My accent is all over the place. My terminology, my wording, it's all over the place. I don't know what in the world I am. <laughs> well, that's a beautiful thing. That um, was a long way to say I'm from Nashville. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I was, okay, since I moved here recently, um, I was researching you and all of your interviews, and I don't know if maybe you do this on purpose, and if if so, then don't tell me the answer to this, but you okay. say that you started music at your parents' restaurant slash bar. Mm-hmm. what there's no name of it anywhere like okay. i couldn't find out wh- what the name of it is like i would lose i was trying to find out and it'd be like it, i would see an, a restaurant <laughs> i know to, no and I like knew and then i was like oh you're just playing you're you're playing a show there like 
Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm like scrolling through your Instagram. Like, I wonder if he's going to post <laughs> like, so, so my parents did own a bar here in Nashville. Okay. Uh, also, I didn't mention this one. When you're from Nashville, you say Nashville, not Nashville. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> people, I've had so many people look at me and they're like, where is Nashville? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I got, I got rid of the I. It's just Nashville. Well, it's or like Louisville. Like, Louisville. Exactly. <laughs> I say, I, I don't even say Louis. I say Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, but my parents owned a bar and it's called the Nashville Palace. Okay. Uh, it's right across from Opryland. It's still there, right across from the Grand really? Ole Opry, right across the street. And so that they owned that in from, that uh is it in that where they built that mall or no? It, it's across from the mall. So if you're driving down the street and you go to pull in to Opryland. Uh-huh. It's on that same street on the right side. So it's literally right across the street from Opera. No way. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So so they owned that from when I was born to when they they sold it when I was eight. Okay. And so the first eight years of my life were really spent in that place. Uh, you know, that's where I first ever, like I say, that's where I first got on stage. I started getting on stage there when I was three, um, kind of fell in love with entertainment and being in front of people. I never met a stranger. I was the kid that was a five-year-old like car salesman because I'd ask people as they're walking out of our dinner show, you want my picture? And they'd say, yeah, of course. I'm not going to tell a five-year-old no. So I, I knew how to write uh, Love Jet. And I would write <laughs> so Love Jet. So you're signing headshots at five. I was signing headshots. <laughs> I wrote Love Jet and I go to hand it to him. This is a trick. I go to hand it to him and I'd say, that's $2. Oh, that's they're not going to tell a five year old. No. (laughs) And now at the time, I didn't realize how genius this was. Now I'm like, I think I missed my calling. I could be selling like some Maseratis or something. Like, what am I doing here? (laughs) It reminds me when you're in the airport and they're like, hey, let me shine your shoes up. And then like they'll they'll start and like try to ask you from I'm like, what? I didn't say do it. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Or the the guys that are like always walking around downtown, like L.A. and even Nashville. And they got like the bracelets and they're like, try this on. Oh, it looks so good on your wrist. That's ten dollars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. But I don't want to take it off now because it does. Oh, it does make my wrist. It look looks like pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me see if I have 10. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of where I, that is where I got my start. And I started acting when I was four here in Nashville. Um, I started on stage with the, we're really close with the Mandrell sisters. So uh, Barbara, Louise, Arlene Mandrell. Uh, Barbara has been a member of the Grand Ole Opry for like 51 years now, something like that. So they're all like aunts to me. So she's like Aunt Barbara, that sort of thing. So it was their mother, Mary Mandrill, that told my parents, you know, try acting with him. And they had a friend, Mark Block, at the Block Agency, still my agent to this day here in Nashville. No Uh, way. That's amazing. Yeah, he is. He is. So uh, I started acting out here. uh, And then it was almost a year later, exactly. I was was five uh, that Mark said, hey, I I have a connection out in L.A. Why don't you go out there? So I got my agent that's out there and then my manager that we worked with for a long time. Uh, and the rest is history, really. It's kind of crazy whenever I say that. It's like 14 years later, almost, you know, I'll be 19 in November, almost 15 years later, uh-huh. we're still doing it. And it's kind of crazy to think about that I'm, I'll am i be 19 and be able to say that I've been in a, a certain career field for 15 years, but that's <laughs> the way it is. And I've, yeah. I've just kind of grown up in the entertainment industry. Well, obviously, you've, you know, are very talented because there's a lot of people, especially if you're a child actor, you know, so many people just do one or two roles and then it, they they're not interested anymore or something happens or whatever. The fact that you were able to continually love it so much that you wanted to be in other things and other shows and you were getting the jobs, which is a huge thing in itself, right? Absolutely. Uh, I was very fortunate that I could have and still do have both my parents with me and always travel with me. Um, Never had to worry about, uh, you know, just having one of them. I always had that foundation and I I never take that for granted. I understand that I'm very fortunate because not everybody is able to have that. Mm -hmm. And uh, they always told me that no matter what it is that you want to do, we'll always support you. And if, if it gets to the point, yes. And if it gets to the point to where acting isn't fun for you, if it gets to the point where music isn't fun for you, if you're not enjoying it, you don't have to do it anymore. And that's cool. it, it's that foundation that's kind of kept me going and kept me wanting to do it. 
mm-hmm. and just kind of having it really makes you kind of put your faith in God and let him kind of take the wheel uh, because you know that everything's supposed to happen for a reason. And no matter which way, whatever path he has for you, my parents are going to support me. And that's that's something not everybody is able to have. And I I, I love them for that so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I'm almost 39 and I still don't have that for my parents. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? It's like what do you do? Like, it's, it's just, I come from the generation of go to college, get this job and work there until you can retire. And it's like, well, that's really not life anymore. I feel like exactly. companies will just hack you. They have AI that's going to take over the world, but um, <laughs> for real, you know, and I will say I do have some family, like I, I have a very strong uh, family base. Like all of my family is very supportive of me. Everybody's always been there for me. Even when you know, like my family in Missouri, I wouldn't see them for months and months and months. I'd be working in California. I'd be out here. But they mm-hmm. always supported me, always loved me every time I came back. My grandfather, he's always he's from that where he anytime if I'm not on stage or in front of a camera, I'm in Missouri and I'm on the farm working and I'm on my horse and I'm roping cattle and we're working and we're working. We're fixing fence. We're cutting down tree limbs, whatever awesome. it is, because he's from that. And he's like, what do you mean you're out there acting? What are you on stage doing? You're going to come out to the farm. We need, we need more hands tomorrow morning. <laughs> right. and, I'm out there, and I love it. I love the farm. I really do. I'm an outdoors person. I, I don't like being trapped inside. Uh, so COVID was nice for me by being in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. Cause I could just go out and nobody was out. <laughs> so I could, yeah, you could still be outside. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I, but all of my family, even my grandfather is very, very supportive of me. That's so awesome. And yeah, I've seen pictures just based off of my my internet stalking of you on your Instagram, like you <laughs> like fishing or it's like you and your grandfather. I think you're like on a tractor, like in a barn oh, yeah. and just like mm-hmm. a, a lot of cool um, photos like that. Just being outside because nowadays, I mean, I have a 15 and a seven year old and it's just all about video games inside on the iPad, like getting everybody outside. It's just like such I feel like. It's it's not the same, you know, exactly and the fact well, that no, you enjoy doing that. That's that's I think rare. Uh, really? Nobody generation. goes outside. Nobody goes outside to like play anymore. Nobody right. like nobody plays Ghost in the graveyard outside anymore. Nobody nobody plays all these fun games that even I like remember playing, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I was born in 04 and I'm from kind of like the middle of the Gen Z kind of generation. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have people in my generation that are 25 and then you'll have like nine year olds. And I'm like, I, I'm stuck <laughs> in the middle of this. I don't right. know which way I'm supposed to go right now, who I'm supposed to hang out with, but I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, but like my parents always used to say, as you can see, I have guitars everywhere next to me. I, I know two, it's amazing. I, actually, I have three guitars over here, three acoustics. I got my electric back there. I have another. Oh, I didn't even notice the electric. Now I can see it because your your mic was blocking it. But there it is. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have instruments everywhere. I have a keyboard over here. That was always kind of considered my my uh my video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it. My my aunt got me a Nintendo Switch for like my thirteenth birthday, and that was really like the first video game I had that I could like play on the TV. I had a little mm-hmm. DS, but I didn't play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then about two years ago, my parents bought me a PS Five. Oh, there you go. Because I had never had a gaming console in my whole life. I didn't even ask for it. I was like, there's no way they're ever going to get me anything like this. Why would I ask for it? And they did. I think I've played this thing like maybe over two years, 10 times. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> I only so play you it. are like, now are so angry because they were like, there's like no near impossible. It's like, I don't know if it's still that way, but it was like near impossible to get. It that. really my was. son has one. We had to like buy it off of someone on, I think on eBay or something. That's literally when they when I opened it, I thought it was one of those pranks where they just bought the box and they uh, put something else in there. Because I was like, you can't get these. Like yeah. the only time I play it are when my cousins are in town. Like I'm not, I don't I, I don't have I don't have time. Right. Uh, uh, so I really did kind of just grow up outside loving the farm you mentioned my grandfather and i on on a tractor we always take pictures with the tractors uh it's been a tradition my whole life at our family reunion uh there is a orange tractor on the farm that my family still owns that my grandfather grew up on and uh him and i think his eight or nine other siblings because you know back then they had big families Yeah. yeah and so my dad my grandfather and myself three generations we all have the same first name joseph 
we all uh, take a picture on this tractor that my grandfather grew up driving that my dad restored when he was like 25. And now here it looks really nice. I mean, it looks like it's like new orange paint on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's literally the tractor. That's it. That's the one my dad, my dad restored. And so that we take a picture of that every single year. Uh, and so that's just, it's those memories and like fishing, uh, going up to Alaska with my grandfather and going fishing and going salmon fishing, spending time with my dad, spending time with my mom. Family is a, a very, very important thing to me. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like, uh, it's not as prominent anymore. Uh, uh, like, Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really, everybody's really cool. more worried about their, their phones. Yeah. And, you know, what do people think of me on Instagram? Right. You give me hope for the for the younger generation. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, um, so, yeah, obviously keyboards, guitars all over you. When did you start playing like an instrument? And what was the first one you went to? So uh, I started out on guitar. I really always had a guitar in my hands. When I was really little, I played guitar. Uh, and I'd stay on, I'd be up on stage and, you know, I knew my G, D, E minor C. I knew how to play oh. those chords and Just boom. Did, did you learn them your, yourself or did you get lessons? My, I think when I was that young, it was my mom that taught me really. Oh, um, and then, you know, play. like we, yes, she, she's a musician. And then, you know, when you're in a place where there's live music all the time, you're always around musicians who are mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a five-year-old that wants to play guitar here. This is how you play. So I always kind of cool. had a guitar in my hands. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of me little just when I was little, just babbling around with the guitar. Um, and it wasn't until I was about 10, uh, I started getting back into the music scene and my, my parents bought me a little baby Taylor guitar mm-hmm. and I just started playing it. Learned uh, two songs right off the bat that were uh, classics, Wagon Wheel. Everybody loves Wagon Wheel. Yeah. And then uh, I learned You Are My Sunshine because that's what my mom used to always sing to me when I was little growing up. And so I learned how to play those songs, kept playing, started writing songs. Uh, Piano is kind of the newest edition. I I taught myself ukulele somewhere in there uh, just because I wanted I was so small for my age. I wanted a small guitar that I could play while I was watching uh, like Sunday Night Football. I cannot make this up. So genuine. (laughs) I wanted an instrument that I could play while I was sitting on the couch. And so I learned you. I taught myself ukulele. I just figured I was like, okay, well, this is pretty fun. And it's so tiny and it just sounds so cool. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that are going to get mad at me. I think the actual pronunciation is ukulele, but I, I say ukulele. Well. I say ukulele as well. I'll say ukulele because I'm a southern <laughs> boy. And I tell you. Uh, uh, keyboard, though, piano is the, is the newest edition. I know I know enough on I know the scales. I know how to I know how to play it. It's the matter of actually getting my fingers to do what I want them to do. Right. I know I know enough to be able to chunk chords and write songs to it. Uh, and that's about it. That's all I really need to know. I know I'm not going to be a professional piano player. Uh, and then I've just kind of been working on the electric. I got a new uh, a new pedal board just a couple weeks ago. So I've been kind of working on that. And that's I awesome. love it. Knowing what I know now. It's funny. People always ask me, which instrument would you start on? Knowing what I know now and knowing that I'm not stopping music anytime soon and I'm going to continue to progress and get uh, more involved in producing and performing and playing, hopefully one day being able to play on my my records. Uh, I would want to learn piano first to learn the theory portion of it mm-hmm. and then move to guitar. Yeah. Now it's like everything that I like learned in, that's almost like shorthand on guitar. I've got to almost unlearn and learn the actual proper form for piano and get my right. fingers like learning all the all the notes that are in the scales and things like that. Whereas guitar, I just remembered where the, the fingering and the positions and the shapes. So it's interesting, but I, I love music. I love constantly learning and changing my sound and, and challenging myself. Because I think as an artist, as a writer, as a producer, the worst thing you can do is say, this is how I've always done it. Right. Stay fluid. Stay learning. Stay changing. Your audience is going to stay growing and learning and changing. So they're going to get tired of you if you're just doing the same thing. So just grow and keep, keep, like I said, stay, stay fluid, keep producing different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've interviewed a, a lot of musicians and one of the more common things I hear is people that were put in piano lessons at like five or six and then being like, I wish my mom or dad would have kept me in that. Like, I'm, you know, it took me years later to want to pick it up again, or I can't play it as well as I wish I could because I started playing guitar instead or whatever it may be. And I, and I'm not a musician by any means. I can play guitar and 
kind of piano a little bit, but it's like one of those things like my sister and dad are like really good piano players okay. and they would just sit down and play. And my sister took like a liking to it from a very early age. And so I'm always like so jealous. They'll just sit down and just like play. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could. Isn't that, that so annoying when <laughs> yeah. it's people that you're related to as well? Because yeah. I, I have a cousin uh, who they're two cousins. Their brothers are in a band, Silas and Sam. They're amazing. I mean, some of the best musicians I've ever worked with and heard. Uh, Silas uh, gave me piano lessons for about a year, about a year or two ago, um, just over FaceTime. We'd hop wow. on for an hour a week. He'd give me stuff to work on. And it really kind of opened my my vision of music up because he would expand my knowledge and make me listen to anybody from Kanye West to Billy Joel. I mean, okay. just as far as production and and keys and stuff goes, and that really kind of kind of taught me. But it's so true. I wish I would have known what I know now. Right. <laughs> but everybody's journey is different. You can't. I think a lot of people always compare themselves. Like, well, I'm older than this person. We've been doing it for the same amount of time. Why? Why? Have, why? Why am I not farther along in my career? Everybody's journey is different. Every path that God makes for everybody is different. You just <laughs> let. Jesus take the wheel <laughs> and let everything happen for a reason. Yes. Um, I was going to say like uh, when it comes to releasing or you said you were writing songs at a very early age, but like when you'd write something, it looks like, and well, actually you still have plenty. You're only 19. I mean, you're not even 19, right? You turn 19. Exactly. Around. You have plenty of time to learn how to be like a classically trained, insanely good uh, piano player. But um you put out a, you was uh everything will be all right was that the first like original song that you put out or like or no no so that actually the entire album that uh the self-titled album which was my first album that i put out which i believe came out in 2018 if i'm not mistaken spotify is saying 2019 but they don't 2019 might be, be 2019 <laughs> it's somewhere around i knew it was somewhere around there uh uh maybe everything will be all right came out in 2017 2018 uh when I when I put that song out, I did not write that one. Okay. And so for that entire album, I had only been writing for about a year, maybe two years. Uh, and I only wrote one of the songs that was on that album, which was Say Goodbye. I wrote it with my best friend in the whole world, Olivia McKenna. And we wrote that one. And what what I do kind of as a personal thing is I set a goal for each project and each album, each single, everything. I set a different goal. And so my goal for the last album after the first one came out was write all of my music from here on out. Okay. So that's what I did. I wrote all the songs. Now so that for this record next... that came out, I guess it would be last year. Mm -hmm. Phase one, discover yes, that sir. one. Okay. I wrote all the songs on that with all my co-writers, my amazing friends. I couldn't have done it without them. Uh, and then, so for like for this next one, which my new single is going to be on falling Two, And then this album I'm working on it. Uh, my goal for that is be super, super involved in the actual producing and mixing side of it. So be there when all the songs are getting mixed, working with my my producing partner to be there for the whole thing. Um, and he actually told me, he goes, it's, it's rare for artists to really be here when the mixing actually happens. I was just going to say that. I, I don't know many artists that it's usually the records cut and then they send it off to someone to mix. Exactly. And, and I was surprised by that because if I'm supposed to be the one that's on stage telling this story that I wrote, it's either my story or one of my co-writer stories. Cause that's the only thing that we write about is stuff that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. Why would I not be there for the whole duration of that story getting told? I want to know the ins and out of what went into making this song and making it sound as good as it possibly can. And also if somebody love, if somebody doesn't like the song or doesn't like something about the song, that's not on anybody else. This is, this is me. This is my art. It's my craft. It's my song through and through. And I'm not going to try to brush it off. Oh, well, that's how that's how Dan decided to mix it. That's sure. how the musicians decided to play it. No, <laughs> take accountability. All right. <laughs> if it's you, it's you. And so I, I just I love behind the scenes things. And so that's what I really that's what I'm doing for this. So I was there when Falling to my latest single was uh, mixed. I was there for the next handful of songs were mixed. I'm going to be there for the next handful. We're going to go in and record. I'm going to be there for all of it. And. I'm really, really excited to see what uh, phase two brings us. Love it. Um, so when it comes to like that album, phase one. So tell me about because obviously you, you you're still very 
active actor. Um, I know they're on SAGs on strike and all that stuff right now. But yes, aside from that, I mean, writing an album or working on an album, like juggling the music and, and acting, is it something that you have to kind of, okay, if I'm working on this show for this amount of time, like during my off time, I can kind of continue to play guitar or kind of write songs. Um, that's that's definitely a great way to look. That's that's honestly almost exactly how it works. Uh, it's like I, I always travel with a guitar or if I'm in California, I have a guitar at our house there. So I just always have guitar with me. If I'm on set, it's in my dressing room. Okay. Uh, so I'm always practicing. But as far as like songwriting goes, if you're on set for X amount of hours throughout the day, it's hard to write. Right. Um, so as strange as it sounds, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me because it allowed you time to, it allowed me time. Live action stuff completely stopped for acting. Only thing that kept going was voiceover and I could record voiceover stuff from home. I did. I'm Disney, sure that was a beautiful thing. Right? It was. <laughs> I, I have a Disney junior show called tots. Yeah. And the entire, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say, 95% of season two of that show was recorded from the recording booth in the basement. My dad built for me in our house in Missouri. That's where it was recorded with a mic and interface and my laptop hit wow. record, hop on a zoom with them and send them just the raw footage, the raw, the raw audio track. Audio track and yeah. that made it into the, that's what made up the entirety of season two, the songs, everything. I think the only thing that we ever went in and recorded was uh, when COVID started to let up for like a, you know, like two weeks in right. 2020, uh, we went out to California just to check on the house, see some friends and family. Uh, and Disney called me and they needed to do some pickups. And I went in the studio and did it. I think I had one session that was in person for the entirety of season two for that. So it really gave me a chance to just write and focus on music and, and focus on getting better at that portion of my craft. And I met a lot of co-writers, some of my best friends in the world who uh, I do writer's rounds with and who I've written with a bunch. David Seeger, he, he and I are playing uh, the Bluebird. Uh, real, it's today. Uh, he and I are playing it Thursday. Uh, no, we're playing, oh, I think I saw a flyer for that. Um, so we're playing the Bluebird on Thursday. And he asked me to play there the first time uh, in 2021, I believe it was. Uh he had never heard me perform live. We had never written in person and only met each other one time at the Bluebird when I came to watch him in a round with my friend, Scott Reeves. Oh, and wow. I, I remember saying to him, we wrote a bunch over COVID over Zoom, never met in person. And I remember saying to him I, after the round, I was like, you know, you really took a chance on me because you've never heard me live. We've never had a conversation in per person other than hi i'm jet i'm scott's friend and then you have other people to talk to right like, that's that's it and he goes ah, i figured you could handle it i'm like at the bluebird that's a little stressful man <laughs> <laughs> it was a little stressful but it covid was a blessing in disguise for me and i mean majority of the songs that were on phase one discover were written during covid they were covid songs wow and it was all done this way it was all, it, a lot of it was done part, this yeah. way um my my right set happened like while I was in Nashville. Uh, typically happened actually in this room, um, but a lot of them were written over Facetime and over Zoom. Wow! And then now, obviously, you can write in person. Is that a, a I would imagine preferable and a totally different experience than this? It is if you're if you're writing with somebody new. I prefer to be in person, mm -hmm. um, but I'm so used to writing over Zoom and Facetime. Because I was doing that before it was even cool. Like when I first started songwriting, I was in California and my best friend, Olivia, she was out here in Nashville. So we just wrote over FaceTime for like two or three years when we first started songwriting. We were each other's first like 20 co-writes. We never wrote with anybody else. Oh, wow. Like that was it. And we just wrote over FaceTime. So I was used to it. So when COVID happened, I was like, oh, I'm going back to my roots. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else was losing it. They're like, I hate it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Are you kidding me? All I have to do, like if it's like a something, somebody professional, I'll wear a golf shirt here. And then I'm in like, I'm in like gym shorts down here. <laughs> yeah. No shoes. I'm just having a blast. I'm like, you don't know what's in my can. This is LaCroix. This is sparkling water. But yeah, I'm like, it was, it was fun. Uh, but I do prefer to be in person. There's just nothing like having that, uh, that personal connection with somebody. Sure. 
Um, so when it comes to this new album, phase two of this album, first off, how many phases are you going to do? Do you know yet? Uh, as as many as my life continues to bring me is as long as ah, as long so as it's going to be a theme throughout the albums. It's a it's a th- it's going to be a theme uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned, as far as God's had me realize now it's it's just going to be kind of my thing. I wanted I really wanted to make something different, uh, you know, like Ed Sheeran's got his, you know, like divide, multiply, subtract albums mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to, I, he's inspired me a lot. And I was just trying to think, I was like, I don't want to just name each of my albums. I want them to have something different. And so when we came up with phase one discover, I came up with the phase one portion and I was like, what is something that was really, you know, important to me over writing all these songs. And it was me discovering myself as a person, discovering myself as a writer all of the songs, either myself or one of my co-writers can relate to because we're going through or have been through whatever the song's about. Mm-hmm. And those songs were written over three, four years even. So that's a large chunk of my teen years, some of the most formidable years of, of someone's life. And yeah. so that was me discovering myself as a, as a person. And so I, I, I don't know what phase two will be titled yet. Um, it's phase two unknown is what it is right now okay oh well i'm sure you'll because it doesn't sound like the whole album's like written yet right are you still no it is not we have a handful done have a handful more that uh i want to go in and record and then i usually leave about two slots open on the albums uh for two songs that are going to get written last minute that might just pop up out of nowhere and it's like that's a song that i need to record uh-huh. You know, that that happened on on phase one. Uh, I wanted 12 songs, uh, wrote the last two to get 12, wrote the 12th one. And then like three days later, I wrote the 13th song, which was years, which was on my album, uh, wrote that one. And I was like, I have to record this one. It's like, all right, I guess this album has lucky number 13 on it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unexpected. Wow. And so, yeah. And I wonder when you came up with Discover, was that when the record was done? We're like, OK, the record, I really the record was done. who I am in this album. Yes, absolutely. The record was done. Um, you can hear everything that I was going through in my life, whether it be, you know, like anywhere else or, or fast forward being young and falling for somebody uh, or a song like Talk to God, where it's like you always feel like you're alone. God's always there years which was the last one that was written on that album uh i wrote that one and then about two or three months later uh i had a cousin who i was very very close with uh just suddenly pass away oh my gosh, I'm sorry. and the whole the whole hook of the song is it ain't about it ain't about the years you've been here it's how you live them had yeah. no idea not not knowing what that song was going to mean to me and my me and my family just you know two three months later Three oh, days so the before song my was seventh. done was the before, song was done. Oh, wow. Okay. The song was done. And then all of a sudden it's like this song almost became like a anthem isn't the right word, but anthem for my my family. Mm-hmm. Uh and so you can hear every every spectrum of a teenager's life and what a teenager goes through mm-hmm. off of that album. Because wow. it's all about it's all it's all it's all me and it's raw. It's all, yeah. It's, it's my my life. When it comes to falling to tell me about that song, that's the one that's out now. Yes, sir. So uh, that I describe that one as like one of those fun love summer songs. You know, everybody, everybody can relate to falling to everybody's been a teenager. Everybody's fallen for somebody and thought they were the one. (laughs) And so you got that summer love floating in the air, if you will. Um, I I love telling people uh, kind of how that song came about in the writing room. So can I can I go into that for a minute? You go ahead, man. This is all okay. about you, not about me. So you tell okay, good. You, you got the the floor has been yeah. It's Thank yours. you. Go on. This <laughs> it's really funny because people are like, I mean, this song's awesome. Did you like go in there and we're like, all right, we got this idea and we're just gonna crush it. We spent an hour and a half not knowing what in the world we were gonna write that day. We went into that. It was a morning, right? We went in there in the first 45 minutes. Uh, I wrote it with Kyle Winsky, Brian Sauerwald, and Pearson Swanson. We're at Pearson's house. First 45 minutes were Brian cooking him and Pearson breakfast. 
I mean, <laughs> we we were not writing songs at all. I, I describe it as throwing wet noodles against the wall and hoping one of them sticks. None uh-huh. of our, our ideas were sticking. Nothing was flowing. Um, and kind of out of nowhere, just out of pure boredom, Kyle started playing, you know, one of the most common chord progressions, C, A minor, F, G. Started playing that. And Brian being Brian, uh, he sang out loud just randomly the first two lines of the song. They ended up being the first two lines of the song. And I sat up real quick and I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Hold, 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 wait. I don't know what that was, but I liked it. And I wrote it down in the Google Doc and I said, can we just, please guys, can we just like sit on this for like 20 minutes, see where this goes. If nothing happens, we can just call it a day. Hour and a half later, we have a song. And I had, I had the, I actually had the chorus written. I had it in my notes in my phone. I had like three fourths of it done. And I was like, man, I like this cadence. I, I'd been trying to put it in songs and it never fit. And then finally we ended up, I was like, I threw it out there and Brian goes, that would work really cool for this song. And it ended up being the chorus for the song. And I absolutely love how this song turned out because it is something that all four of us in that room understood because we've all been a teenager. We've all had this happen to us. And I think the music tells the story just as much as the lyrics mm-hmm. because the music portrays that summer all the kids are gonna love the vibe yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. summer vibe it does uh, it has that summer it, vibe it, it really does because that's what the song is it is that summer young love and i i i'm super grateful for what the song has done for me so far the radio stations that have been playing it all over the country it's kind of been surreal hearing myself on the radio, you know, driving yeah. down the road or when I'm going to a radio station and we turn it on and they're like, Oh, and like next, next hour, we're going to have jet Jurgensmeyer in the studio. And I'm like, they're talking about me. And there's like, who knows how many people over the, this state listening to this radio station. Uh, so it's very surreal. And this song is just, it means a lot to me. Uh, I, I can't thank Brian. My watch is talking to me. Uh, I can't thank, you know, Brian, Kyle and Pearson enough for writing it with me. You know, they're some of my best friends in the whole world and we write together all the time. I love them to death. Uh, And I I guess we're going to have to keep writing if we can keep writing cool ones like that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you brought up the radio station thing just because that's the the life I led for nearly two decades. Um, I interviewed somebody who now is a pretty successful career, so I'm not going to oust them on it because they asked me to remove it. Uh, but I was asking them about like, oh, what was it like to get on Kiss FM, you know, in LA for the first time? And they were just like, well, to be a hundred, they're like, to be honest, like I never listened to the radio ever. Like <laughs> they were younger. They're like, I didn't like it was like, they basically were like, it wasn't that big of a deal because I radio was just not a thing to me. And I was just like, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and like, then they were like, ah, can you take that out? Uh, we're doing a lot of radio station like shows mm-hmm. this year. But um, it was just funny, like uh, the fact that you, you know, you're about to be 19 and, and that was a, a, an experience for you. That makes me feel good because I'm like, oh, that's awesome that people still were not that I'm doing it anymore. But like at the time, you know, you kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, is this all digital? Does anyone care? And to Absolutely. hear people that are successful musicians saying it was awesome when I heard myself on the radio, like that was crazy. They're talking I, about me. I mean it too. Uh, one thing I never want people to think, even though I'm this bubbly outgoing guy, uh, I, every I'm very raw and genuine with mm-hmm. everything that I say and, and refer to. I mean that so much. It, it's ridiculous. I grew up listening to the radio with my parents. Uh, my parents loved listening to the radio. So I grew up with that. Um, like my favorite radio show growing up and he's still on Bobby Bones show. Everybody oh, knows I Bobby mean, Bones. Yeah, he's huge, man. I mean, yeah. he's got a big podcast and everything. Exactly. So when I was really young and he had his show, you know, every morning, it if we were in the car if over the summer, if I was going to basketball camp and they were driving me in the morning, I was like, turn on Bobby Bones. And then it'd be like, all right, turn on the highway. I want to listen to like the highway finds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, I grew up listening to the radio and it, is such a weird feeling hearing yourself on these radio stations because like, I I know what it's like to just be the listener. And now as the artist, 
you never know how many people are listening. You don't know people's reactions to your songs. If they're like, oh my gosh, we got to turn this off. This sucks. (laughs) You don't know their reactions. It's not like performing in front of people. So it's stressful, but it's the coolest feeling because everybody has been on these radio waves. Everybody from the Beatles to Elvis to Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, Chris Stapleton, and and there's me. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't belong here, but I'm so thankful that I'm here. Oh, you do, man. If you didn't, yeah, they wouldn't be playing you. It's a it's a cutthroat business. <laughs> well, thank you, you for much. that. Thank you. It's a very uh, big compliment every time I hear something like that. Um, that's awesome. Uh, so you have a show on Thursday. This probably this won't be out by that time, but um, are no you worries. doing is it mainly like uh are you doing a lot of local shows here in Nashville? I'm sure you're probably doing the acting thing. So is it hard? I, I am playing a lot in Nashville. And yes, I know what you mean. Uh, obviously, a lot of acting is kind of like you can't just go tour for there's two a, months. There's a, exactly, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a strike going on right now, so I can't exactly oh, wait, be this acting. This might be the perfect time. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> the only thing that's really keeping me busy, uh, Nickelodeon has a different contract with SAG-AFTRA. So oh, I've actually been doing voiceover work for Nickelodeon right now. Uh, which is awesome yeah which is is. funny because now i'm like the older voice that's introducing like the next up on nick jr type thing uh and it's funny because i'm introducing shows that i'm the voice on or that i am a character on now i've graduated and now i'm the adult voice that's introducing you're older you sound older (laughs) yeah that's exactly so like i'm a voice on bubble guppies on nick on nick jr yeah so it's so funny that now i'm the adult voice it's like Stick around. More bubble guppies is up next on Nickelodeon. <laughs> and I'm like, and then there's, you know, like seven year old me that's like, I'm Nani on bubble guppies. <laughs> uh, so that's keeping me busy. Um, but the music thing, I'm performing all over Nashville. I was just in Cincinnati about two and a half weeks ago. I was just in Missouri about a week and a half ago. Uh, and then obviously the Bluebird round will be my third time getting to play there. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, but all of all of my shows, uh, if there's like people that like to come out and listen, you have to come out. I want to meet you in person. We live oh, in the I, same town. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Okay, good. 100%. We, right. uh, I, all of my shows are on my website, jetjurgensmeyer.com under the tour section. And then I also, I post about all my stuff uh, like before the shows, like a day or two before on like my social media as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where I saw the Bluebird Cafe one. It was on yep. So I always, you might have a half, maybe you had a few shows on there. I was swiping through. Um, I, I, I do have a few, especially I'm playing a lot at, at a campground up in northern Nashville, uh, actually right down the street from the Nashville Palace where it all started. Uh, no playing way. at Two, River, Two Rivers Campground a lot. Um, I'm playing at Martin's Barbecue a good bit. I just played there a few days back. That's what uh, I saw. Then, That's what was funny when I was looking. Remember I told you in the beginning of the interview, I was saying what? restaurant your parents had and it yeah. brought up martin's i'm like no way they own martin's <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh he's playing there <laughs> i'm playing there <laughs> and then um uh i also play i started this year my amazing friend lizzie cates she plays on broadway downtown nashville a lot and she started asking me to join in on some of her her gigs there and so i've, I've been playing downtown nashville a lot as well and those kind of are typically last minute gigs so if people are interested or in that area, keep a lookout on my Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Are you playing the Martins in, in, in South Nashville or are you playing the one? In, uh, the one that's County? on fourth on okay. Fourth Avenue. Okay. Yeah. There's a yes, couple sir. of them. Yeah. Awesome. They're, they're, they're all over the place. So yeah. I, I, I start college next month. Uh, I, next month. I mean, August. So, I mean, yeah, that's this month. Oh my gosh. We're in August. It's that's August crazy 1st. to think about. Yeah. It's August 1st. That's insane. Yeah. My I kids start, go back I start to school, school this Friday. month. That's insane. <laughs> I start college this month in Nashville. I'm going to Belmont University. And there's oh, you a, are. That's I am. rad. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a Martins that's like you know five eight minutes away from Belmont. I'm like, man, I am gonna put on so much weight my first semester. It's not <laughs> even gonna be funny. The freshman fifteen. Yup, yup. I'm gonna be eating so much Chick Fil A and so much <laughs> Martins barbecue. I'm going to need a wheelchair to get around places, get from my classes. <laughs> One of those electric scooters to get me around. Oh, campus. there you go. Um, yeah, that's cool. That theater there is beautiful. It's absolutely amazing. I got to go to the first. First time I went there, it was they were doing the Beauty and the Beast play. And wow. that was wow. The sound in there, the, the, the students that were acting in it, it was awesome. Yeah, I first time I went there was earlier this summer. Actually, my seven year old is 
uh, he's in hip hop dance and his oh, nice. dance school did their big recital there. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, Believe I, it or not, I used to dance quite a bit. Oh, I yeah? actually took dance from the point of where I was like four till I was like 13 or 14. In, uh, in, in here in Nashville? I did here in Nashville. And then I, I started here in Nashville. And then I, I when I went out to California, I did a lot of jazz and hip hop out there. I uh, started out with ballet out here. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So for the for the people that don't know me and just see this, uh, they're going to be like, oh, OK, that's cool. The people that know me, they're like, what in the you do not look like a dancer. I'm like, <laughs> I was not made to dance, but I did it. I did it. I, I, I stuck with it for long enough. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, dude, that's so cool. You're going to Belmont. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you're studying songwriting or something. That's quite the music school. Yes, sir. I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing music business. So I'll get to learn more about oh, the back end of the business, which I'm beautiful. excited for. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for doing this, Jeff. This has been amazing. I can't wait to it's meet been you a blast. person. I'm going to come to one of your upcoming shows here. I just got to figure out, uh, you know, when I can, when I can do it, but I'll, I will be there. Um, I have one more it, question Adam. for you. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, you kind of answered it brilliantly earlier, but I'm going to see a mask again, whatever. Uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Great question. And I, I love answering this one. Um, one thing, which I, I did mention this earlier, everybody's path is different. You can't compare yourself um, because everybody's supposed to hit different milestones at different points. Uh, practicing is something that sounds like, you know, like such an adult thing to say, oh, practice, practice, practice. But practicing is a big portion of it. You have to continue to practice. You have to play enough guitar that you get the calluses on the ends of your fingertips so that it doesn't hurt when you play. I have those calluses and it's, I still am growing them each and every day. I pick up my guitar just to break them in a little bit. Um, showing up even when you don't want to, if, if there's five people in that crowd play, like there's 5,000, you don't know who's in that crowd and you don't know what they're going through. And music does change people's lives and you can change somebody's life like that with a song and with a performance. Uh, that, and that's the most overwhelming thing too. uh, is watching that happen or hearing about one of your songs doing that to somebody. It, it breaks your heart and it also warms your heart because it's like every, the reason that you're the reason that I continue to do this. Um, and the last was certainly, certainly not least this needs to next to like following God's plan for you. This is like the next one below that is be willing to be let down, be willing to fail because you can learn from those failures and those failures and those lows, they make the highs feel so much better if you just let them. Bring it back, words.